Hello and welcome to Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Medin, and today we're discussing an article from our February issue, Black History Matters. Uh, Before we jump into our discussion, first we're going to listen to a phone conversation I just had with Sharita Gross-Smith. She is the Assistant Director of uh, Programmatic Initiatives and Development at the Multicultural Center for Academic Success. It's a mouthful. Um, So we'll slip into that real quick and then hop back over here. Okay, so uh, I'm speaking to Sharita Gross-Smith. Sharita, could you share your role, please? I am currently the Assistant Director for Student Development within RIT's Multicultural Center for Academic Success. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, So we're uh, having this conversation about Black History Month. Um, So just to start us off, uh, it'd be great if you could share a really brief history of where Black History Month comes from. That's a very loaded question, and I would imagine it's kind of personal in nature. Um, From my perspective, as most of my answers will be, of course, I think that Black History Month comes from the realization that black culture wasn't being acknowledged to the extent that it needed to be. Um, If you want to go back even further to the unfortunate um, threats of racism, slavery, et cetera, that marginalized black people to the extent that we were not considered fully uh, a human being, even, you know, looking at um, actual documentation um, that proclaimed that we were like half of a person. So really getting away from that kind of categorization, if you will, and really taking an acknowledgement or a moment to acknowledge a really rich group of persons in history. Um, And I think we all understand that the role of Black History Month is to fill in a gap in, I guess, uh, what what history is taught, you know, typically around schools and stuff like that, right? No, I guess it, it, it's true to an extent because, you know, it's only for one month, which is kind of problematic. You can't possibly encompass everything that black people have contributed to U.S. history or the world in general in a month even if you spent 24 hours a day doing that, because there's so many different things that we've contributed from the smallest fun things like a super soaker gun, you know, to traffic lights, to peanut butter, um, peanut butter products, if you will. So it, it is to fill a gap, but it's something that really should be part of the fabric of who we are, just acknowledging the black culture. It should not be just relegated to a month. It just so happens that we have one. So you, you mentioned um, some historical black figures, you know, inventor of the super soaker and others. How do you see uh, major historical black figures represented in society? That's another loaded question because there's, there are so many. I mean, if you want to just look at one of the most historical figures, um, former President Obama, I see him represented as someone who had extreme grace in his position because at every turn, He encountered combativeness from the country, great disrespect in some regards as well, but yet he made great strides and was just very much a gentleman with no scandal, by the way, while he was in office. You know, there was nothing that would have him to be looked at um, as less of a husband or as less of a man in regards to how he conducted himself, even when, you know, he was pretty much short of being spat on whenever he had some kind of idea that he wanted to present, such as the health um, plan, Obamacare, everything's not going to please everyone, right? But there are many people that were positively impacted by some of the decisions and initiatives that he made. 
So I see him being presented in a very positive way and being in some ways the epitome of grace because it's very difficult, I believe, to continue to be gracious and patient and articulate your feelings in a way that's not going to offend or um, even, if you will say, scare certain people when you are kind of at your wit's end with what people are saying and how they're making you feel when you're just trying to do what you believe is the right thing for the masses, not just for one group of people, because he was the president of the United States, not just the president for the black people. So Barack Obama is, I guess, a pretty recent uh, historical figure. Do you see maybe in your lifetime that there's been some sort of change in how these figures are, are seen and represented and how even black history as a whole uh, is seen by the, the greater public? I think that now there is definitely a difference because of our political climate and how much racial tension we have from interaction with law enforcement to immigration laws and how they're impacting people's families, unfortunately, literally tearing them apart, um, to our education system locally and how there's so much brokenness within that as well as our poverty level here in Rochester. So I do think that it's changed. I think there's become, um, there's been a little bit more emphasis on Black History Month and adjustment even where we're trying to continue to be inclusive with that and calling it Black Heritage Month we've recently decided to do um, within my department and just thinking about how that word heritage would help us to include the African diaspora as opposed to just black persons. So I think it has evolved and there's more emphasis on it because there is a time now where we really need more unity and we also need to continue to take the time to really look at black culture as, as I mentioned earlier, um, for the rich group of persons that we are. and that we're not combative. You know, that's, I think there's so many stereotypes that are out there in regards to our abilities and how we're portrayed. There's a lot of negativity. I remember seeing um, an article recently about a young man who had helped a woman who was disabled. And the first thing that the article mentioned was that he was a former felon. Not, you know, not anything else about this young man, but his felony history. Not that that's not relevant, but he wasn't robbing her. He was helping her. So that's one of the things that I see happen in the media a lot, where when it comes to someone of color, the first thing that might be mentioned is if that person was a drug addict or if they were a felon or things of that nature. So it's, it's just it's very interesting, too, to see how the media plays on different race relations as well, which I think, again, um, brings a need for there to be a continued effort to recognize and to really find collaborative ways to address black history, not just for one month, but again, making it a part of the fabric of who we are and what we do. Um, So especially this month, the topics we're discussing are are particularly relevant to educational spaces. Um, So what do you think Mm -hmm. educators can do to be more inclusive? I think what one of the things that is really important is to truly try to create a sense of equity in the classroom. So how you respond to students or how you don't respond, the time that you make for your students. So if you have a line of students that are in front of you, and let's be clear, RIT is a wonderful global institution, but it is predominantly white. So in the STEM field, you have students who 
um, if you are a female in STEM, that's part of the underserved population. If you are a transgender student, that's part of the underserved population. If you're hard of hearing, deaf, that's part of the underserved population. Um, females in STEM, underserved again. So I think as a faculty um, move forward in educating students, just being aware of those different student groups and how they might feel ostracized before they even come into the classroom, worrying about how they're going to fit in or how to communicate with faculty and staff. People assume that students come in knowing how to interact with faculty, but then you have to also consider just in RCSD alone, maybe five to seven percent or so come in college ready. Part of college readiness is an ability to be able to communicate effectively with faculty. So taking into consideration that communication gap um, and also just thinking about, again, along the lines of equity, just making sure that you're available to all of your students and being able to ask the tough questions such as how do you identify when you're talking about transgender students. So having those tough conversations, I think, also creates a more inclusive environment. I appreciate you speaking with us today. Uh, and I think we're going to wrap up the conversation. Uh, I hope we didn't take too much of your time. And I uh, hope you have a great day. Thank you. Not a problem. All right, thank you very much for listening. We're now going to introduce today's guests. Uh, we have here Taylor Gothy. Yes. Hello, I'm Taylor Gothy. I'm the Views Editor for Reporter. As well as Shay McHale. Hi, I'm Shay McHale. I was the writer of the piece. Uh, great. So just before we get started too much, Shay, can you briefly explain what the piece is about? So the piece just talked about an overall sense of what Black History Month has come to mean, the history of it, and the impact that it's had on society and what it can do today. In the conversation, she uh, mentioned that Black History Month, and actually one of my favorite lines was that it's a stepping stone, not a lens. Um, do you guys feel like Black History Month is growing outside of the month finally? Um, if anything, I feel it's being a little bit more condensed because Black History Month is that thing where people say, oh, it's a fine, this time of year we finally remember that black people exist and we get to celebrate them and go all out. But you don't see that same energy throughout the rest of the year. I feel that we need to have a new dialogue about Black History Month and be more proactive and integrate it with our education and, and our rest of our history because it's still very segregated at this point in time um do you guys feel like black history month is kind of almost uh given to black people by like a, a white power structure as like a pity thing even i wouldn't say that because black history month was started by black people but it was in 1926 when they barely had any rights and it was a more as to teach culture within um the black community to prove that they just weren't slaves that they have contributed to American history, that they have fought in every war, that they have invented a lot to contribute to the United States. But now, since then, it's been growing and changing. Yeah, one of the things that I really experienced in my school, because I went to a predominantly white high school, and we did celebrate Black History Month, and the thing that was most important, that was perhaps the purpose at the start, was that the students like all of the black students at the school were actually hearing about figures from their history that we were not getting in any of the history classes that I took. And so the fact that they were learning about their culture was really important, but I think it was almost more important that all of the predominantly white school was also hearing about these figures. 
Do you feel like there's a way that white people should read Black History Month? I think, um, for one, black, white people need to realize that Black History Month involves them, that black history is a part of American history, and literally the um, United States would not exist, the United States would not have had its economy if it wasn't built off of slave labor. And they need to recognize that the role that African Americans have played and be more proactive in understanding that the the history that they are being taught is a whitewashed version of history, and there's plenty of figures from every cultures that are not being included in their education. Um, it's interesting that you bring up inclusiveness because Sharita spoke about that as well. Um, as RIT students, do you guys feel like you're seeing the type of inclusiveness that we should be? I personally have not seen a lot of it because I guess I haven't seen any, like, promotion of Black History Month or anything even as an effort to teach students about the figures in Black History Month, the actual history of the month, um, or any of the culture that comes along with it. I think it's a hit and miss sometimes. Like, RIT does invest in a lot of events. Like, we just had the um, King's Legacy Expressions, and we're having upcoming talks with the Black Tax, or we have Black Lives Matter come. But every time I go to these events, it's all black people. And that's the problem. Like, the our communities are diverse, but we're not integrated with each other. We don't go to each other's events, and we don't celebrate each other's cultures. So you'd like to see a little more integration um, but you like, I guess, the direction we're going. Um, and that kind of brings me towards the question I wish I had time to uh, ask Sharita, but real quick, because we're running out of time. Do you guys feel like Black History Month is, is on the way, maybe in the university or at, at large, to becoming what it should be, which is that Black history is as much a part of our history uh, education as other history? Personally, I'm a little bit uh, of a cynic, and um, I know that all textbooks are like, pass through um, certain barriers and the same old white dudes who have been in charge of it for many decades, the same old companies. So I feel like until there's a push in the structure and who is owning the textbooks, who is writing them, that change won't be happening anytime soon without more protests, without more activeness, and without more of us speaking up against it. Yeah, I agree that there is progress, but right now, although it is pointed in the right direction, there is still a long way to go before we have the ideal black history celebration. All right. Well, thank you guys very much uh, for coming to speak with me today. So before we sign off, I'd like to ask our listeners to follow us on social media so you can see when the article hits the stands or goes up online uh, at reporter.rit.edu. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are at ReporterMag, and we are ReporterMag on Snapchat. And of course, like always, I'm going to ask you guys to call rings. If you remember when, when Yik Yak was a thing, you could like post whatever you want. It was anonymous, and everyone was excited about it. We got the same energy going on over here. You call rings or text rings, uh, and you might get a little blurb in the magazine. Uh, the number is 585-672-4840. Thanks for listening. <laughs>